The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits. Powered by Protus Global. Thank you all for joining us here today on Plant Profits. I am Vern Davis, your host. Plant Profits is dedicated to bringing you the foremost knowledgeable people in the cannabis arena. And today we have a very special guest. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And my guest today. It's really, really cool and interesting. Uh, Chief Revenue Officer of Hyper, a fund that we'll talk about. Uh, he's chairman of NCIA Banking Access Committee. He's member of the Forbes Business Development Council. He's a board member of the Cannabis Deal Makers Summit. I'm looking forward to learning all about that. Our guest today, please welcome Mr. Tyler Burline with me today. Good morning, Tyler. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Couldn't wait to get you here. Couldn't wait to get you here. Good stuff. Good yeah. Stuff. That's great. Well, how are you doing? How is, uh, how is life uh, and how is health? You know, doing great. I, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in Arizona and, and we have not been hit probably as badly as maybe some other states. Uh, and it's, you know, a couple things. It's it's one, it, it, uh, on the hyper side, especially on the mobile payment side, you know, the, the, it's a little bittersweet, but we've we've boomed as a result of this. Okay. Um, so it's it's been really interesting to see that play out. Uh, and then, it, you know, candidly, it's been it's been kind of nice to spend a little more time with the family. I, I spent a lot of time on the road, and so sure. um, been a little bit of a shock, but in a good way. Yeah, no, I, and I'm hearing that a lot, but it's been a month now. I'm kind of ready to leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it only goes for so long, right? <laughs> no, it does, it does. What What are the restrictions like in Arizona? You know, they, they've, I'm going to say they've got a loose okay. uh, kind of statewide lockdown. So it, mm -hmm. they have essential businesses like anywhere else. Uh, but they, you know, I don't know that they've really enforced it. I think they're just relying on the people to kind of take it upon themselves, which is great. Uh, and, and people have here. So uh, we've been pretty fortunate considering the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you, you are. And, um, and I just uh, hope that uh, it doesn't hit you like it's hit some other places here in the, in the United States and other places in the world. But uh, no, I'm glad you're doing well, brother. Glad you're doing well. Hey, look, I want to give the audience a chance to get to know you, uh, Tyler Berline, a little bit. Now, that that name Berline, that's, that's you and a, and a couple other folks with that name. You, are you connected to any Berlines that we would know? Yeah, well, I, we our family's been, uh, you know, obviously very involved in the in the athletic world. Yeah, um, and, and I was too. So we've we've been fortunate to. You know, do pretty well uh, athletically over the years. Yeah, uh, and so that's 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 kind of how I went. When I got out of college, I I played professionally in the New York Mets organization, and I okay. um, uh, had a you know had a really great time, and it's a it's a good way to go. 
No, that's that's uh, that's good. I wanted I wanted to know a little bit about that, man. You so you were a baseball star, or were you an all sports star in high school? You know, I, I played all sports my freshman year, and then baseball just took over, and so that was my life for a long, long time. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I was fortunate to have a lot of success, and mm-hmm. you know, um, be drafted high and, and be a part of the best organization, and and uh, just really thankful for that experience in my life. No, yeah, that's you know, uh, sports is sports is uh, is part of a lot of stories that that we run into, and being an entrepreneur, how, how did how did it shape you? You know, the, the Mets organization. You were in that. You were in that organization for years, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when you talk about when you talk about sports and how it relates to business, I, I yeah. think the biggest takeaway is the ability to to quickly adapt, and also when you play sports, you're around so many different people, so many different cultures, so many there you you know, you're one giant family. And so I think you learn a lot about people and culture and it gives you an advantage in the business world because you, you can find common ground with anybody. Um, and, and so that I think is the biggest takeaway uh, really, for, I, I would think for any athlete heading into the business world. Yeah. So you, you believe it gives you a unique way of, of, of just dealing with, with people of all different backgrounds because you, you kind of come together for something bigger than yourself, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, you, you realize how important it is to have a team mentality. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, also from a work ethic standpoint, you know, I mean, especially when you get into professional sports, you know, your performance is on you. So if you're not a self-starter and you're not self-motivated, uh, you're going to have some challenges. And so um, all of those things are, you know, equate to the professional world at some point. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So you were in, how long were you in professional baseball? Gosh, about five, six years. Okay. Okay. And then I, you know, I played, I played my whole life growing up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's, what was, what was the moment you decided to leave? You know, I had battled some injuries okay. uh, and um, I had got involved in a business in the off season in Arizona that was doing really well. And so, it just, you know, it, it just kind of equated that way. And I decided to step away um, from the game, which, you know, is a tough thing to do. And that's a really uh, drastic transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it's easier said than done. But, you know, I'm glad it happened the way it did. And, and uh, you know, very fortunate to be doing what I do now. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler, it, it's great. Now, you 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 left. You you just said something I want to dive into a little bit. You 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 said you were while you were playing professional baseball, you had dived and you had kind of put your toe or your foot, your leg. I don't know how much of you went into uh, uh, becoming an entrepreneur. So you got in got into a was it a drinks business? Well, I actually, I worked for a private equity real estate fund when the market took off okay. here in Arizona uh, briefly. And then, yeah, I, I launched a, a beverage company uh, with um, with some partners. Uh, one of my friends was one of the founders of Four Loco, okay. um, which is a very uh, controversial beverage Adult brand. Beverage. But yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're great people. And, and I had known him for a long time. And I had this idea. And the idea was, look. The, the coconut water segment had just come out. It was booming mm-hmm. um, and, and really felt like, 
that product was better suited to the sports drink world uh, than to the coconut water crowd, right? Because there were some some flaws with the, the sports drinks that were in the market and there was a very limited um, uh, very limited options. And so we launched Power Cocoa. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was involved in that brand. Um, and we got, I think we were in over 5,000 retail locations at one point uh, mm-hmm. throughout the U.S. Oh, that's great. And, and, and so um, is, that, is that still going on or, or, or is that long gone? You know, it's it's not. Yeah, we we had to we had to make a really tough decision about five and a half years in, um, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. That yeah. you know, our main competitor has done extremely well, and um, uh, the other ma- major beverage brand just launched a, a product that's very similar to try and compete with that brand. So, um, you know, we had the right. We actually, I would say we, we kind of in a way invented a new, a new category in the sports drink space. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that was, was candidly, uh, that process was sped up solely by us. So you were, you were the catalyst, um, which is, which is cool, right? Uh, yeah. You, you, you know, you, you, some, somebody's got to cut the rug. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that is Somebody's a very, very, very tough business. Uh, yeah. For anybody looking to get into the beverage business, think twice. Think, yeah. think three or four times. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, I appreciate the the insight. Um, Tyler, uh, we're going to go to break and we're going to come back. And I really want to understand what you learned from that experience, because I, from my own experience, uh, what I get from failures uh, sometimes a lot deeper, a lot more deep than what I get from all the success. So uh, we'll continue. Our discussion with, yeah, absolutely. We'll continue our discussion with Tyler Berline, Chief Revenue Officer of Hyper. And we'll dig into that when we come back. Thank you, Tyler. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? 
Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. This is Vern Davis, Plant Profits. I'm bringing you Plant Profits today. I'm your host. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Uh, we're bringing you the best every time. And we're, I'm here with one of the best, Mr. Tyler Berline, who is the Chief Revenue Officer of Hyper. Tyler, before we, uh, we left and we went to break, man, we were just... Uh, talking about, hey, you got into being an entrepreneur, you had a, a, a success and failure, and that's kind of how it works. You start off success, something means it ends, and uh, what did you get out of that that you carry with you today? Oh, so much, so much. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, to have an entrepreneurial mindset and to to build a brand is, is a massive undertaking. I don't think it matters what category you're in, but especially in the beverage industry. Um, and, and ironically, it, it was very, the process was very similar to what we've gone through at Hyper. So in the beverage world, you have distributors in each state. Uh, you have to build the brand with those distributors into the retail channels. Um, and ironically, you know, in, with Hyper, our distributors are banks and credit unions. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I had to, with Hyper, build the relationships with banks and credit unions early on. They're essentially our distributors that help um, feed our products throughout the ecosystem. And so there's a lot of similarity there um, in, in, a, in a weird way. Uh, and so that's really helped uh, the process here with, with Hyper. Oh, that's great. That's great. Why don't you, and, and I appreciate that, and, and and I'm sure that's that's made you a better partner at, 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 at Hyper. Why don't we dive into Hyper? Let's let's talk about that entity and how you got there and, and, and why you're excited about it. Yeah, you know, kind of an, kind of an odd uh, uh, path. I, I met the founder of Hyper at dinner one night. Uh, kind of randomly and and we just um, we hit it off uh, and he was raising money for companies at the time while he was building hyper and and he was looking at potentially putting money into our beverage company so that's how we met we got to know each other over over the span of probably six months or a year and when when we had to make some tough decisions at power coco he said look tyler I, i want you to see what me and my team have built and I want you to be a part of it. And so that's how I got involved in hyper. Now I was the first, there were, you know, I'm going to say really four founders and I was, I was the first employee or one of the first employees. I was number five in the company. Uh, but I started at the very beginning. So, 
Uh, Hyper is a technology provider that was built to give financial institutions the ability to enter highly regulated industries. Um, when we first launched, we were getting calls from banks and credit unions wanting to use us to bank the state legal cannabis industry. And so, you know, day one, uh, I was in a bank in Colorado, uh, just kind of, you know, cutting my teeth, learning the ropes, trying to understand the industry that just launched there in Colorado. Uh, and that was nearly six years ago now. So uh, fast forward that time, uh, over half of the banks and credit unions in the U.S. banking this industry to scale use us from a technology side. That's enabled our payment products to go nationwide for the first time in our history. Uh, and we're rolling out, you know, uh, most of the multi-state operators. We just launched a deal with uh, Caliva in California to, to really conquer the delivery market out there. And, and we're spreading like wildfire. So it's been, uh, been quite a ride. Well, break it down. That that is quite a ride. That's a hell of a story. So, kind of yeah. break it break it down. What from a technology perspective, when you intervene into the value chain, exactly what are you doing? Yeah. So we're you know I'm going to say we're the technology backbone for the banks and credit unions serving these markets. So okay. any bank or credit union trying to service the cannabis industry is going to have to really raise the bar from a regulatory compliance standpoint. Sure. Uh, eliminate blind spots and, and provide a level of transparency to the regulators that's, you know, above and beyond. And that's what Hyper does. So I would say that 90 plus percent of what we do is never seen by a merchant or consumer. Um, it's used by the banks and credit unions to bank the industry. And then on the payment side, as you know, uh, merchants cannot permissibly use credit or debit products. Um, and then, you know, we've seen other products like stored value and cryptocurrency come out that just put the industry at, at greater risk. And so we've built a very unique product specifically for the cannabis industry to allow for permissible and predictable digital commerce. Uh, and we call that hyperpay. Okay. And you call it hyperpay. Got it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm so... You know, at at at, at Protus Global People Solutions (PGPS), we really got into this about three and a half years ago into the cannabis space and uh, in, in, in consulting and talent management and um, and the things that we do as a as a as a firm. And what was hard for me to initially understand was right. So we do this for profit. So how do I get paid, right? You guys are right. How, how does that work? Where are you getting the money from? Because this is went from <laughs> went from a, to a different marketplace, and um, so why don't you, you kind of break it down for us, right? The system in which in each state, how how does payroll happen? How does how does vendors get paid? How do you buy things, and and it's not cash. In your in in the industry, if I'm a, a you know um, uh, an MSO uh, in and say in 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 Arizona, how does it how does it work? Because it's not federally legal. So how does it work? Well, uh, it's not federally legal, but the FinCEN guidance from 2014 remains intact, and regulatory bodies have gotten more and more comfortable over the years with financial institutions serving the market. So they've set, you know, in most cases, a regulatory compliance expectation. And as long as a bank or credit union is meeting those 
criteria, they're able to bank the industry. And, and you know, the notion that this industry is unbanked in the U.S. is just flat out false. Um, the majority of, of operators are, are banked. If they're not banked, uh, they can easily get banked. I mean, we've we free of charge to the industry for for six years. Have always paired operators with the appropriate banker credit in their state. Uh, and and we've, I mean, I, I personally have probably done that for thousands of operators throughout the country. And you you uh, know what? That, that's that's important. And I want to keep talking about that now because. I want to dive into that a little bit more, Tyler, because now you're you're kind of debunking the myth that that because I talk to a lot of people, you know, that are not in uh, not touching the cannabis space, but all they hear is, you know, how do you how does it operate? How is it legal if federally it's not legal? And then how is money exchanging hands? when it's supposed to not be federally legal. And so the states make it legal. So I tell them that the states make it yep. legal. And, and then, and then how do you go about finding an institution? If you're an entity, if you're a business, how do you go about finding an institution that is going to be able to work with you? Uh, uh, and I know this sounds self-serving. It's not meant to be that way. Cause again, yeah. we do this free charge for the industry, but call, yeah. call us, call me. Uh, we, we know, we know what's happening in the industry. We know who's banked where, uh, and I can quickly get them in touch with an institution that will bank them directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so literally, I just make an introduction. Their relationship is directly with the financial institution. Yeah, so that's interesting because my first answer was, obviously, I said credit unions. It's a state-regulated entity, right? And and, and that is probably... a. a an easier way, but credit unions are different than banks and they have different rules and it could be more difficult. I don't know. Yeah. So here, here's the reality of it. There are less than 50 institutions in the country that are openly banking this industry to scale. So those are banks and credit unions that have built the regulatory compliance framework to truly bank this industry. They have, I'm going to say north of 20, you know, plant touching cannabis accounts. Some of them have, you know, north of a thousand, uh, and and they're actively pursuing growth. It does not matter what type of institution it is. And we have institutions governed by every regulatory body at this point. Mm-hmm. They're all a little different. There are actually more banks in the U.S. than there are credit unions banking this space, um, and those are a mix of FDIC, OCC, and FRB chartered institutions, um, and they're they're all doing it in a very transparent way with the regulatory body. So um, credit unions, I would say in some cases have the largest account bases, but they're by no means is this just a credit union thing. Got it. So you guys heard it directly from Tyler Berline of how to do this. And, and, and basically what I heard Tyler say is call him at Hyper. And uh, because it <laughs> it is it is it is very interesting, and we're going to dive more into this because I have a lot of questions uh, around that I want to get you to respond to some of some of the things that are happening in the industry. We're going to take a break, and um, I'm here uh, with Tyler Berline, Chief Revenue Officer of Hyper. I'm Vern Davis, host of Plant Profits, is fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. 
Oh, lady marijuana, lama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Fueled by Produce Global, People Solutions. I'm here with Tyler Berline, who's the Chief Revenue Officer of Hyper. Tyler's been really, really breaking, doing a nice job, Tyler, breaking it down about the banking system and how it, uh, how it's, uh, it's being utilized, uh, literally, uh, in the cannabis industry in a legal way. And, and, um, Hyper's in that business and, uh, they are, uh, a big player and a very, very important player, uh, in the business. So, Getting back into this, how has this, you know, how has the virus, the coronavirus, how has it, what role has it played and what effect has it, has it been? What, what's going on in the industry now because of that? Let's talk about the industry a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think the, the, the virus has sped up the inevitable. Okay. And, and what I mean by that is, yeah, I spent a lot of time with, I've been fortunate to spend a lot of time with very sophisticated operators throughout the country. And one of the things that I've heard over and over in the last three to six months is, look, yes, we own retail locations, but we don't care about retail. The retail consumer knows what they want. They know where they want to buy it. 
they're going to come in and get their product. Our goal is to get to the fringe consumer that maybe doesn't know they love cannabis yet, but they're going to want it. And that's where the true growth in the industry is going to occur. So to get to that consumer, you've got to have a couple things. You've got to have convenience. You've got to have predictability, uh, not only with the product, but with the experience. Um, and, and so I think that the delivery and pre-order model is something that it was going to grow exponentially anyways in, in the cannabis industry, right? Um, because that consumer is used to Amazon. They're That's used right. to things showing up at their door and a quick and, and seamless experience. And so for us at Hyper, you know, it's been, it's driven everybody right through the door. And the reason for that is, is because, and it, I don't say this boastfully, I had nothing to do with building our technology. You know, our founders, you know, are, are extremely bright people, but uh, I would argue that we have the only sustainable, predictable experience from a payment standpoint. So if you're looking to launch a product like that throughout the country, there's really one place to go at the end of the day. And, and I think the more the industry is, is understood that, and obviously with COVID happening, uh, that's driven everybody right through our door. Additionally, we launched a contactless version of our product, um, which, which, you know, needless to say in today's world is, is uh, vital. No, it is. And I, I think you, you're right. It did speed up. Um, the inevitable, and really the inevitable, uh, when it comes to the industry, instant, instantaneous, you know, delivery or uh, different ways. Now, do, do you believe that they're going to be there's going to be a, a new infrastructure put into the the ecosphere because of this? You know, I don't know that it's a it's a new infrastructure. I think yeah. it's just an expansion of that model. Right. So, so the emphasis, you know, to date in the industry, I would say is more geared towards retail. Um, and, and there's still going to be an emphasis there, but I think the greater emphasis is going to be on pre-order and delivery. I like that. that. That's, I think that's good. And I think that's predictable. I, I do. I think that's predictable. Well, where is switching gears just a little bit? Where, where's the federal government? Where, where, where is this this thing about making cannabis uh, legal, making putting in a banking act? Where is where is that, and what role are you guys playing in that? Yeah, so a couple there are a couple different things there. I, I think yeah. with COVID, you know, you've got this you've got this conundrum where you have people serving time, you know, throughout the country for cannabis related offenses, and yet the states deem cannabis dispensaries essential. So. Yeah. The contradiction there has never been greater, um, and I think that's that's uh, from from a lot of people's perspective. You know, they think the federal government should act more quickly. Now we all know that doesn't happen, uh, and so I don't know that this is really going to speed up that process. Um, I happen to think we're still years out. But then, you know, the other side of this is the Safe Act, which is the the banking legislation, and there there are a couple things that. I hope people realize with that one, the way it's currently written, it does not solve the problem. Yeah. Two, the majority of this industry is already banked. Um, and three, if you look at mainstream industries uh, that pose a regulatory challenge to banks and credit unions, mm -hmm. despite being perfectly legal, they have the same, if not greater banking issues than cannabis. Um, so if you look at, 
check cashers, payday lenders, cross-border remittance companies. Mm-hmm. They're all legal, but mm-hmm. the risk to a banker credit union to banking those industries is such that they don't want to touch it. And, and I think cannabis is always going to be cash intensive. And as a result, I think we'll always have some of those challenges regardless of the legislation that's passed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you're right about that. And there's going to be challenges. The, the one last thing that I'll say, I always, the one advantage that it may, that may appear for there be some national legalization of banking would be when it comes to uh, traditional consumer product businesses of some way uh, buying uh, cannabis emerging somehow with cannabis, right? And the, the the opportunity to do that because I, I have clients who love the idea and want to get involved. Their their traditional uh, consumable businesses, including adult consumable businesses, but they want to get into the cannabis space and they're they're doing it. They're finding ways of doing it. And I have some that says, "Hey, I'm not going to touch it because it's just not a free flow." legally across state lines you can't ship across state it's just a lot of complications involved with the industry so you know uh, there's a lot of growth and i hope that what you said is that this uh scenario that we're all walking through right now uh, with COVID 19 it really is going to speed up the inevitable couldn't agree more yeah tyler i really uh, want to thank you for being here and thank you for joining us uh, today um, and, and and really sharing and shedding some light on what Hyper is about, what you're doing in that business. And I, I want you all to be able to, to um, contact Tyler uh, and take a look at their website at Hyper, hyper.com. That Hyper is H-Y-P-U-R. You can see them on Twitter and Facebook at Hyper Inc. Uh, one word. And uh, and I'm sure there's ways you can get in contact uh, with, uh, with Tyler. Tyler, is there any social media uh, site or address just for you that you would like us to give out? Why don't you give that out to us? Yeah, you know, anybody can track me down on LinkedIn. Uh, my okay. email is actually in my profile. Okay. Uh, and so... You can either direct message me there or or send me an email. And the last name is B-E-U-E-R-L-E-I-N. Uh, a little challenging to spell, but um, um, they should be able to, to find me pretty quickly. There you go. Man, thank you uh, very much for joining us. You can download thank episodes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Tyler, it was our pleasure. I, I pleasure, man, and looking forward to the progression of what you guys are doing. And and um, I just want the audience to know they can download episodes of this version of Plant Profits and this episode and others by going to CannabisRadio.com, all one word, or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio and other places. Wherever you get your podcast, uh, you can find us, um, Plant Profits. Uh, easily. Uh, follow Protus Global. I talked about Protus Global during this uh, conversation through our social networks, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Finally, learn more about how we are at Protus Global People Solutions, building companies and changing lives at protusglobal.com. That's 
P-R-O-T-I-S-Global.com. Until next time, cheers. You guys have a great day. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.